welcome to the Tres Vista Talk podcast, where we engage with senior asset managers and advisors across a broad range of topics. Tres Vista is the leading outsourcing firm for the financial services industry, supporting over 1,000 clients with over 10 trillion in assets under management. Hello, this is Abilas Jaykumar, co-founder and managing director of Tres Vista. Today, I have the pleasure and privilege of speaking with Tom Inglesby, managing director at Saratoga Investment Advisors. The topic of today's Trasvista talk is the current state and outlook of the corporate credit market. And who better to opine on this than someone with over 20 years of experience in the leveraged finance and private equity markets. Tom is responsible for Saratoga's CLO investment activities. And prior to this role, he was a senior managing director at the GSE Group, where he served in multiple roles. And prior to that, was a managing director at the Harbor Group. Certainly an exciting topic to discuss, and we're eager to hear Tom's views on the subject. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Abby. So just diving right into it, maybe let's start with, you know, your view on the state of the corporate credit market at a broad level today. Well, what a different place we are in from six months ago, and even what a different place we are in from two months ago. Um, it's, it's, it's been just remarkable. Um, today, when you look across the landscape, you see, um, you see remarkable access to capital from a variety of industries that might have seemed unthinkable a couple of months ago. At the same time, you see a, um, a significant price lag uh, with some of the existing loans that were out uh, prior to the beginning of this um, pandemic. And it makes for uh, very interesting times in, in the credit business. Broadly speaking, in the U.S. corporate credit, market, you have seen the um, Fed step in with unprecedented liquidity to limit the extent to which what's happened in this market has been a panic. The the panic has been sort of subdued and restrained and has allowed um, the the green shoots to to come back in the economy and um, and animal spirits to slowly, slowly start to reemerge. So it's... um, we're not all the way there yet. Um, uh, there, there's been a uh, w- when you go back to two months ago and you saw an unprecedented and breathtaking amount of corporate loan downgrades across all sectors. Um, one would have expected to have a recession uh, the same or worse than 2008 to 2009, and that really hasn't happened. What, great credit goes to the Fed. Uh, but great credit also goes to the opportunism, the flexibility of investors, um, and and their their willingness to um, to take risk. Perhaps because of the lack of other alternatives, but the, but a willingness nevertheless. It's been quite remarkable, Abby. Yeah. And you you mentioned you know the downgrades that happened early in this pandemic. In I know in you know, the last financial crisis back in two thousand eight, the rating agencies were criticized for kind of being slow to respond and, you know, have the ratings reflect the reality of what was going on. And maybe this time around, they were a little bit more reactive. How do you, how do you view their positions currently? Do you see them maybe reversing some of the downgrades or removing guys off the watch list? Or, is, or do you see more downgrades coming? Uh, well, t- well, two things. Uh, no one's going to blame the rating agencies this time for being too, too slow to downgrade names. They're, the, the speed with which they did it was just breathtaking. 
as, as a portfolio manager of a credit portfolio, I would say every day, and I, normally I sleep great, but every day from the middle of uh, March to the second or third week of April, I would just wake up at four in the morning with my eyes bulging, staring at the ceiling, wondering what, what fresh new downgrades we were going to have that day. Da- downgrades ultimately affect the ability of a COO, uh, equity investors, to receive their, um, their, their equity distributions and for a CLO manager to receive a large part of its uh, management fees. So it's a big part of the economics of managing a fund. So, so excess downgrades have a very uh, significant uh, impact on the ability of a CLO to perform. Um, but what we saw uh, with, with, um, was a very significant amount of downgrades, uh, which in 2009 led to a very significant amount of defaults. And so fingers crossed, we're only two months past. But right now, the default rate is way lagged way, way behind the um, the downgrade rate. And uh, when you look coldly at the portfolio, um, there are certain industries and certain companies and industries which um, have had very, very, very horrible results. But even then, the, a lot of the travel businesses, the hotel businesses, the leisure industries, um, uh, they're, they're, they're still getting liquidity. They're getting liquidity from either some of the government programs kudos to the fed or they're also getting um, liquidity from the fixed rate markets as as libor has collapsed in the loan markets uh there's been a rush to the fixed rate markets to receive yield by by investors and that has provided um, a lifeline of liquidity for a lot of industries you know above a certain size uh, i i just look out at the news over the last few weeks and just look at all these hotel companies airline companies um, that are able to receive um, liquidity. And it's just been amazing. You didn't really see that in 2009. Most of those companies defaulted. This time, they're not really defaulting. Yes, we're going to see a higher default rate. And yes, you're seeing it in industries sort of just unwanted and subject to to change. I'm thinking specifically of retail, and I'm thinking specifically of shale energy. But but there haven't been a lot of healthy companies that are slayed or likely to face defaults. Uh, other and and that's that's a very very different than ten years ago. Hmm. And you know defaults are likely to bring increased scrutiny uh, uh, to the duties and conduct of the CLO collateral managers. And as we know, the CLO collateral manager is responsible for selecting and managing the collateral that produces the income necessary to repay the CLO investors. How do you think managers are reacting? I think managers are reacting um, as economic animals and the way that investors want to. What? What first happened when, when the whole loan market went on sale was that the highest rated loans, the ones with the double B ratings or, the, or maybe the B1 ratings um, that fell into the 70s and 80s, um, investors didn't take long to, to buy those and then bid those back up. Today, the average price of a double B loan is somewhere in the mid to upper 90s, upper 90s. And B1 loans are, are, are fairly close behind. So, so for the investors that were, for the, for the managers that were able to generate liquidity, um, most of the reinvestment has been focused on the higher um, rated loans, the ones that best support the structure of the, of, the, um, of the portfolio, and to some extent have reduced the deterioration in the overall wharf, or at least partially offset um, the, the, the deterioration of the average ratings of the CLO that have been caused by the downgrades. Um, I, that's sort of how the structure is supposed to work, and that's, that's what's happened. So that's been... Um, so I think that uh, managers have equipped have acquitted themselves mostly well by doing that. Um, 
every manager wants to do um, trades to improve the performance of the fund. One of the ways that makes the most sense for a manager is to um, uh, do, do swaps. The, there, there's something called a discount swap where you can purchase a loan, you can sell a loan below 80 and purchase another loan below 80. And if it matches up, you can count the loan that you purchased below 80 at par, which which helps the overall um, debt compliance ratios in, in the CLO. Um, investors did that. Investors sold loans high, you know, at high prices and tried to buy loans to the same ratings at low prices. But ultimately, that became harder and harder to do uh, because of the um, wider bid ask spreads by a lot of the um, the dealers from whom we would purchase the loans. So, um, so that 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 had some some good effect, but sort of limited after some period of time. And ultimately. I think the best managers now are going to to coldly look at the loans, coldly look at their downgraded loans, decide if these are still companies that are going to come through the credit. And I think the smart, the best managers are going to hold on to their lower rated collateral and and, and let the market come back. And uh, so, so we'll see what happens. But I think that's that's probably the best solution for most managers right now. Yeah. And, you know, if we can pivot to Saratoga for a minute, can you give us a background of how you work with investors and manage the company's CLO investment activities? Um, well, we, um, we, we're, 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 we're a niche fund manager. We have a, a certain number of investors. We, um, we provide regular um, uh, correspondence with, with the investors. We send out a letter each, each quarter and we review the fund. We, we talk to investors on an ad hoc basis. Uh, we give presentations to certain investors on a periodic basis at their request. Um, and uh, when we manage the fund, um, we're always, um, you know, we, they, I think managers have a clear idea of what we're looking for in companies um, and uh, how we how we get our alpha, what 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 we avoid and, and what what risks or perceived risks that we're willing to undertake. Um, so it's uh, so I think one, one thing for us is to be very clear. In in in, uh, in in our management style and the types of loans, types of investments we wish to make in the fund. Um, so, uh, other than that, you know the, the the nice part about investors, Abby, is that if you're doing doing a good job, you don't hear from them very often. <laughs> so, and that's uh, so to the extent I don't know who they are, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um. You know, I started my career in 2001 in tech banking, right when that bubble was bursting. And then we started Trust Vista nine months before Lehman Brothers collapsed. And, nice timing. You know, having been through those experiences, <laughs> you know, and I think going through those experiences steals you for these downturns and you, you know, understand that they happen. They happen for different reasons. And, you know, there's a tomorrow still, you know, it's been 11 years since the last uh, you know, crisis. And for a lot of younger professionals industry, it's the sky is falling. Now, as a veteran yourself, who's you know, been to many rodeos. What mistakes do you see, you know, younger professionals or folks who are too young to really understand the implications of the last financial crisis making in this go around that maybe a veteran as yourself is, uh, is spotting? Um, credit selection at the top of a market. That's usually what separates the repeat managers from the non-repeat managers. There's a, always a lot of pressure from your equity investors on the equity payments, you're always tempted to um, to purchase something to stay invested, and and at the end of the day, every manager needs alpha from alpha from somewhere, and so to get alpha in a fund, 
the largest managers, they might have the lowest liability costs and they can buy, they can buy the, maybe the most liquid assets because of the, which have lower spreads because of the low, low liability costs. Other managers might um, pick things like second liens with higher spreads, even though in a downturn, there's a big risk of recovery. Other managers might pick, um, uh, let's say, more cyclical industries or industries which um, have a greater risk of concern when, when the markets change. Um, so think of people with a lot of uh, energy exposure, retail exposure, things like that. Um, for better or for worse, our strategy for selecting, for achieving alpha for most of the last decade has been to find some of the better companies uh, with good business models in our judgment and you know moats around their business as best as we can find them. But they might be a little smaller than some of the broad, other broadly syndicated loans. We're not a middle market loan. Every loan we have has, has market prices and uh, public ratings, um, but uh, but the average size of our broadly syndicated loans might be, you know, six or seven hundred million uh, versus you know the typical first broadly syndicated loan issue size of you know in the low one to billion to billion three. That's allowed us to have higher spreads, um, and that's allowed us we think to find companies that have that will still have the wherewithal to weather the downturns. It's interesting. I, I think those loans are probably the, the downside is I think those loans may be a little more likely to be downgraded. So when we look at our portfolio, we've had a relatively high downgrade rate because a lot of the loans we purchased were B2 or B3. They've been downgraded to B3 or, or, or CAA1, but we've had a very, very low default rate. I mean, I, I think our default, our, our non-paying assets right now is under 1%, even though our triple C assets are you know, well into the double digits. So it's a large disparity. I don't really, I don't know of any other manager, right, at least right now, that has that sort of disparity. And, and we think a lot of these assets are going to um, perform. I, I never say never. There's, we're still in the early. We're not in the ninth inning yet. But, um, I, but I think that we'll. Uh, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to kind of weather this with most of the portfolio, portfolio intact. So if we're not in the ninth. If we're not in the ninth inning, which inning do you think we are in today in terms of how much more we might see on falling loan prices and downgrades? And Well, I, I, well, I will say two things. Um, I, I think that there's, there's a growing consensus that we should open the economy, at least in the U.S. And, in certain, and around the world. I think there's going to be changes in how we live our lives post-economy, and there's going to be winners and losers from that. Uh, but that's, that's creative destruction, and it happens every 10 or 20 years, and that's good. Um, at least in the U.S., you, one wonders what's going to happen with some of the companies and some of the consumer spending once once the short-term uh, liquidity infusions has, has worn off. And uh, or I'm watching that carefully. But I think a lot of that, at this point, might be offset by slowly growing activity. So, And most of the companies that are going to have suffered from, from uh, what's happened to the um, – to to you know the, to their businesses have already um from at least from a CLO manager's perspective already faced the downgrades, and so the, if they were to actually default or restructure, it wouldn't be an, a large incremental difference from where we are. So I'm going to say, I'm a little bullish. I'm going to say the fifth inning. That's that at least in terms of immediate effect. They've, now, this is going to be a long. This is not going to be a V recovery. It's going to take a little longer. So um, that that might suggest the third or the fourth inning, but somewhere around there. 
So I know your Trust Vista team recently updated the financial analysis on the 100 plus companies you're covering. How do you view the risk in the portfolio today? Well, I don't want to jinx myself by mentioning, by, 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 by making uh, overly optimistic statements and we're watching everything very carefully. But I would say we have been um, gratified by the, the amount of liquidity in the market basically caused by the Fed, um, the, the, the ability of a lot of troubled companies to get immediate financing in the fixed rate market, whether or not they're repaying our loan or just adding to their cash troughs, they're, they're still giving themselves the liquidity. And that's, uh, that, that, that didn't exist 10 years ago. That's very comforting. And I would also say that I've been um, pleased by the earnings um, of most companies outside of the affected industries uh, in travel and leisure and the like. And um, so we're, we're, and last, um, I'd say the, at least the, the value and the, the prices of the loans trading have remained higher than they might have on a strictly credit fundamental basis in that investors are looking primarily, it seems, at whether the, these companies have liquidity, and in most industries now they do, and then whether the companies have a viable business strategy um, for once we're past the pandemic. And so for that reason, we, we've had um, much better performance, uh, secondary trading performance of, of a lot of the securities that we have. The triple C loans are still marked at a discount, even ones that we think are performing. Um, uh, time will tell whether the rating agencies jump the gun on them. Uh, I, I, I still, I, 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 I remain encouraged by the wide gap between the amount of loans that we've seen downgraded versus the amount of loans we've seen defaulted, which by and large seem confined to, to certain industries. So fingers crossed. Now, looking into the future, how do you see the fundraising environment for CLO managers? That is a fascinating question. So um, I, I think we're, we're hopeful that the market can heal. Uh, we'll be in the market next year at some point with this, with this issue. I think, um, I think that the senior securities in the CLO stack have done very well. Um, you know, most most CLOs out of their, I think for CLOs are remain in the reinvestment period, over 80% of them have managed to continue making their equity distributions. Um, I can see, I, I'm, I'm, I think that the mezzanine debt market when it comes back will probably be a little less levered and a little more expensive. That can make the equity distributions a little less attractive unless they can purchase assets at, at great prices. Um, so um, that's, that's something which for, the broad swath of managers, I think, has remained the biggest point of, uh, for lack of a better word, I'll say anxiety. But that's, but, but it's been a great product for a long period of time. There's a lot of pros in the business. Usually, you've got a decent product. I've found there's a, a market clearing price for everything. So we'll see what happens next year, at least for us. For, for right, I, I would not want to be in the market raising a new CLO now. The, the only ones, the ones that I've seen they tend to be um, with financing costs, which which are much higher on average, although getting a little cheaper every day. Um, and the, the alpha for the equity investors is sort of buying the loans at a discount and hoping that they run up in price. That's a, you know that's a little harder to predict. Um, there's there's also been some static CLOs done where people don't have to worry about where investors who are concerned about what they'll reinvest in don't have to worry about that and they just purchase the fund 
and purchase and then roll, then just have it wind down. So that's not really a business we've been involved in. So um, we'll be we'll be watching uh, market developments carefully this year ahead ahead of our turn next year. Maybe in closing, Tom, can you just speak about what Saratoga is doing differently than your competitors to position yourselves for success? Well, what what we do is, um, and part of that's because we have some experienced people in our firm, including myself, that that have been through three or four um, recessions and downturns. So we've we've tried to not make the same mistake twice. So when you look through our portfolio, what you don't really see is a lot of retail investment. You don't really see a lot of shale investment. You don't really see a lot of cyclical investments. We did very, very well in 2015 when CLOs suffered because of their exposure to energy because we essentially didn't have any. Um, we, we've, um, we, we've done that deliberately. We don't have a lot of second lien investments because we've seen low recoveries. And um, we've also just avoided a lot of other troubled industries that we've seen things in the past. There hasn't been much of a hit to um, housing or building products, but we don't have any of that ex- exposure if, if, if that were to happen. We have very little exposure to OEM automotive. Part of that is that we're a smaller niche investor, so we can coldly avoid lots of industries where we expect trouble in the future. But that has, by and large, served us well with respect to defaults. I think going into this year, we had only had about eight or nine defaults in the last nine or 10 years across our portfolios with lots and lots of investments. We're, we're very proud of that. Um, we're, we, we've seen a few defaults from some of the weaker credits and small, small defaults for us. Um, we do have some investments in our portfolio where we did not really see the pandemic coming. Um, we have a couple of, um, of national gym, gymnasium chains where at least one of them is very likely to file bankruptcy soon. We have other companies that have been shut down like gyms, like dental practice and management companies where they've been furiously building liquidity but have not really been able to operate for months. Um, we even have a couple of travel agencies which are performing and have built liquidity, but Obviously, there's risk there. So we'll see what happens. The effects of this coronavirus are, not, are far from done. Um, but we've, we've, we've worked hard to try to put our invest to be in investments where we think we can be in a good place. Wonderful. Well, Tom, I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for, again, taking the time to speak with me. It was a pleasure and very insightful. Thank you very much, Avi. Pleasure. I appreciate all the help that uh, Tresvista provides for us in managing our business and look forward to um, working together in the future. And with that, we come to the end of this episode of the Trust Vista Talk podcast. Thank you to our listeners and we would love for you to subscribe, rate and leave a review wherever you access podcasts. Please follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter to stay updated on additional content. To know more about how we support our clients on due diligence, business development, portfolio management, fund administration, data analytics, and other areas, feel free to visit our website and reach out to us at www.resistar.com. Any information, opinions, and recommendations presented by our speakers are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of their firms or Tresvista and should not be constituted as investment advice.